Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Monday. It is March 14th, and here in Highlands County, it's race week and spring break for the kids. So, hey, a lot of going on stuff, and the markets, uh, well, last week was a tough week for them. But you can see that uh, we're excited for this week because uh, we've got some visitors in town, and, uh, and we're excited about that, spend a little bit of time with them uh, while they're on spring break this week. So, Hey, with that, uh, we've got more to talk about when Dave joins us here in just a few moments. Before we do that, let me just remind you, though, there's only one thing that any of us can control. We can't control what's happening over there in the Ukraine and in Russia. We can't con can control what's happening in the marketplace here, even with our, our stock market. But you can control how much risk you have in your portfolio. The issue is, is that most people don't know how much risk they really have in their portfolio. They've taken a simple risk tolerance questionnaire that doesn't really point them in the right direction. We've taken this one step further and developed our core retirement design where we help you understand the amount of risk you have in your portfolio and help you develop a risk-optimized portfolio based on your risk score. Give us a call at 863-382-0037. Hey, with that, we've got Dave coming up next. Seven, Mike. I can only imagine. That's a lovely, I love that song. 839 here, it's 21 now before 9. Let's check in and see how Wall Street's cheating your 401k and IRA today. It's been kind of a rough month so far, and indications are the roughness ain't going to stop anytime soon. Let's head down to Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler, who is on the phone this morning. And, Philip, you and I were kind of bemoaning the basic lack of uh, news that came out this morning. We've got a little bit of good news coming out of the Ukraine with the word that uh, Ukrainians and Russians are actually talking, and both sides are saying, we see the possibility of progress, but... No news being good news isn't necessarily the case when they're shooting at each other, does it? Well, that, that's true. I mean, there's not been much. I was surprised this morning when I got up and saw that we did have some green ink um, across the boards. But it seems to me like some of that green ink is, uh, well, you said it had gone to red. I, I hadn't seen that. But it is back to a mixture of, uh, of red and green right now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those tentative times right now. Wall Street doesn't know what to think. Add on one other big uncertainty this week, the Federal Reserve meeting. Uh, it's uh, what, Reading over the weekend, uh, it, uh, my analysts, to the very least that I've been reading, it's uh, saying it's almost universally assumed right now uh, that the Fed will only raise interest rates by a quarter point on Wednesday. Have you heard anything to counteract that uh, point of view? I have not, and uh, but it's scary when they start predicting stuff like that because if they decide to go a half a point, then people are going to melt down. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If they don't do what's predicted, it'll end up becoming a really rough Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we know they're going to do something. We know we're going to do some tightening in the money supply. And the other side of the coin is what are they planning on doing with their balance sheet? Because I've read nothing on that. They've been buying up bonds like chiclets for the last three, four years. And we don't know for sure whether or not they're going to uh, start selling them right away, whether they're just going to stop buying them or what. And all of that's giving us kind of a touchy Wall Street picture this week, doesn't it? It, it does, at least for those of us paying attention to that part of it, because that's going to be some, some major news that comes out um, when they get down to their meeting on Wednesday. 
Absolutely. 2 p.m. on Wednesday, I always say, the, uh, when the Federal Reserve announces an interest rate decision, uh, the market indicators start looking like a seismograph on the charts, and this is probably not going to be any difference. So you yeah, have the fact that we're looking at the Fed. Uh, they're still shooting at each other in Ukraine, and we don't have any news of any good news on negotiations there. And I was mentioning when we first got on the phone this morning, now we got something else to worry about because Chinese stocks are starting to tank, and that's one of our other big trading partners starting to get under some pressure. You, you, you've been following the fact that uh, the New York Stock Exchange is talking about delisting some of the Chinese country, uh, companies. Uh, I was looking at the uh, Hong Kong and the uh, Shanghai exchanges this morning, Hong Kong is down into uh, into bear market territory over the last six months, and uh, that's not good news for trading partners across the other side of the pond, because while well, we may be making noises back and forth about not liking each other, there's a boatload of money that goes back and forth across the Pacific. Well, th- there is, and so that's... Uh... That that is, uh, you know, our, our trading partners in Asia and stuff are getting hit pretty hard. Um, you you know, I noticed that um, Alibaba and JDcom, those are both e-commerce companies based in China, um, and they've been taking a hard hit just over concerns about being delisted from the U.S. markets. And now, on top of that, we've got this new impact of a new outbreak of COVID nineteen in that Chinese tech hub area of Shenzhen that uh, that has Alibaba and JD.com uh, both falling. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Alibaba. It closed down over six and a half percent on Friday, down another five and a quarter today. Um, Good yeah. And then you, you look at JD. I don't have, uh, well, I just have a current quote on them or the last quote was four o'clock or whatever time over in Hong Kong. It was down almost uh, 15%. Yeah, it's it's kind of wicked over there. For those that haven't been keeping up with the news, there was an outbreak of the Omicron virus or a relation to it in the city of Shenzhen, which, uh, to give people an idea, it's like a, a city of like 5 million people. And the Chinese government takes absolutely no prisoners when that happens. They've locked down the entire city of 5-odd million people. Not only does that screw up Alibaba, but Foxconn and Unimicron both have plants there, too. They supply parts to Apple just in time for Apple to have announced that new uh, iPhone SE. So that's screwing up shipments to Apple and another major U.S. company as well. Uh, there, there's more going between these two countries across the pond than we sometimes appreciate. Well, that, that's true. I mean, you know, let's face it. A lot of technology stuff comes out of, out of China. And so th- this is a big deal and, and could cause us some issues. I mean, I noticed that um, I was reading an article about Ford, and Ford expects, um, you know, that the U.S. Uh, auto uh, are going to be down. Uh, they think they'll be down by uh, 100,000 units of production already just uh, just because of part shortages this year. Um, and, and so that's going to hit a lot of industries, not just the auto industry, but the computer industry. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that that this relationship between us and China, Hong Kong, all of those all those countries from a tech standpoint are and, and could very well be problematic. No, you start one of the big three automakers talking about it being down. You got to remember that's down from an already pretty crummy level with all the chip shortages we've had in the last year, anyway. That's right. You're right, and that's um, so. You know, it it, it is going to uh, it's going to change our world. 
It really will. We're just uh, merry sunshine all over the place this morning, Philip, partially because there really isn't anything out this morning. No pre-market earnings releases to speak of. No pre-market macroeconomic information to speak of. It's going to be a relatively busy week because in addition to the Federal Reserve announcing their decision on Wednesday afternoon, we're going to get another inflation thing, I think, on Tuesday with the producer price index, aren't we? Yeah, we will. The um, The final demand number comes out for the uh, producer price index uh, tomorrow morning. So we'll, we'll have that to talk about. And that'll give us another indication as to just how bad inflation is. Producer prices have a tendency to lead consumer prices. And uh, by and large, we haven't been too happy with what we've been leading into. No, we, we really haven't. It's been, you know, showing us that what we already really know, right? Inflation is here and we're feeling it. And uh, and those numbers continue. The other thing that comes out this week, Dave, is Wednesday. And, and this will be a big deal. Is retail sales comes out Wednesday morning. And uh, that's going to be important um, to, to see how February retail sales really kind of shook out. My forecast is up only a half a percent. So, uh, Anything less than that is is not going to be good news for the markets. Absolutely. We'll cross our fingers if it is bad news. The Federal Reserve does what they expected because we certainly don't need a double whammy on Wednesday. Uh, I, I, have you ever read anything as to whether or not the things that are a fait accompli for the Federal Reserve or not? I mean, if the producer price index ends up becoming way over what we expect. I wonder if that indicates the Fed could backtrack and do that half a percent they were talking about earlier. You you know, I I haven't really read anything on on what those things could look like or will look like. Um, But, but, you know, they, it's fluid. And especially when they start meeting, whether I think they start meeting tomorrow, right? Because they meet for like two days. Um, So it it is um, all eyes are going to be in that direction this week until we kind of get their indication of what they're going to end up doing. Absolutely. And this is a major market mover one way or the other. Like we've always been saying, when interest rates start eking up, the more interest rate sensitive growth stocks on NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 tend to uh, suffer on the, uh, tend to suffer on the downtick from that simply on the grounds that it affects their operating, operating budget a little bit more. And NASDAQ hasn't exactly had a kind period of time going on. Setting the table from Friday, the Dow was off by another 229 points on Friday. We're starting the week under 33,000 on the Dow. S&P was down by 55, and the NASDAQ is down 286 on Friday afternoon. Looking at the uh, news-free Monday, everything being relative, Philip, what are we looking at 45 minutes before the markets open this morning? Well, you know, it's a mixture. Again, like I said, the Dow is up right now a half a percent. The S&P 500 is up three-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ 100 is heading down. It's down $15 right now, which is a little over a tenth of a percent down. On the commodity side, we are seeing a retrenchment across all sectors. Silver is down 2%, uh, uh, down below $26 again. Gold is down eight-tenths of a percent, down below 2000 And crude oil is down 4% today, down just barely below 105 at $104.91 a barrel. I never, like I said earlier last week, I never thought I'd find myself happy when I said it was under 105 a barrel. Did you? No, I definitely not. 
I topped off my little four-banger Nissan yesterday just because I know with race week ahead, it's going to be a busy week. Just a half a tank came to $30 in a little four-banger four compact. It was ah. <laughs> overseas overseas markets, the uh, Chinese rim market were not happy whatsoever. Japan had a decent day on Friday, early this morning. Chinese composite, though, was down 2.6%. We were mentioning that they're just absolutely getting hammered, and the Shenzhen shutdown isn't helping a bit. Hong Kong, a full 5% at the close. European markets are kind of mixed. Fractional increases in Great Britain and Germany. France is off fractionally halfway through their day. It's completely uncontrollable what goes on in the world sometimes. Shenzhen shuts down, and half of our stocks end up suffering, and then who knows what's going to happen in the Ukraine. Stability in a retirement fund counts for a lot, Philip. How do I find you to find some stability? Then give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule a time where we can walk them through our core retirement design and help them design the retirement they always dreamed of. And then catch us uh, – uh, well, I don't know. Are we on this weekend, Dave? Uh, not well. Saturday morning at six, but uh, we've got the race on on Saturday, so we're going to miss you at noon on Saturday. Uh, that's what I thought, but I, I thought I better double check there. And then we'll be on <laughs> Sunday morning at ten. Uh, join us then on Highlands News Talk seven thirty and ninety five point three FM. Absolutely, we're just going to take Saturday noon off for the race because, well, it's big stuff, don't you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, Philip. We'll catch you tomorrow, all right? All right, bye-bye. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Again, folks, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that uh, you had a great weekend and that you have a great week coming up. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Until then, take care. Bye now.